Hello, friends. Welcome to another edition of All My Friends with Justin Flaskrew. Thanks for tuning in. I'm having a good time putting these podcasts together. I hope you are having a great time listening to them as well and getting to learn a whole lot of new information about our friends. Now, tonight's guest is Becky Kosanch. And I seem to pick a lot of people that transplanted to Laramie, Wyoming when they were kids, just like I did. Now, Becky is one of those people, and I had a chance to digitally connect with her, and we talked about life. Well, my, I was born in Concord, California. I grew up in Walnut Creek, California, all over the East Bay. My dad moved a bunch, and then when I was 15, we moved to Laramie, Wyoming, and I stayed there until about three years ago, and now I'm in Loveland. Wow, well, I fast forward through a lot of things. So... <laughs> How did your parents meet? How did you come about? Are you the oldest? Are you the middle child? All that good stuff. Um, so my parents knew each other when they were kids. We're, um, we're Serbian. Like both okay. sides of our family are actually from Serbia. Okay. And so that's a very small community. And my mother's parents owned a fruit stand on the side of the road in Lafayette, California, which is now like a Boswell's party store. And my other grandparents lived in Lafayette and they would go down there and they would, you know, buy their fresh produce and all of that. And so they went to rival high schools. They're about a year apart and um, they didn't really hang out or anything like that. And then at church, after my dad got back from Vietnam, my mom saw him, thought he was a pretty attractive dude. So she kept going over there and filling up my grandmother's coffee. And about six weeks later, I think they were engaged. And two weeks after that, they were married. Wow. So um, I'm not I'm not the oldest. I'm my mom's youngest. I have a blended family, so I'm in the middle. Um, they had Kimmy in '74 and me in '77. And then another child after that. Um, no, because no, no, no. you said you were middle. Oh, okay. I thought you were middle. So blended family. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Divorced in 1980, and then my mom got married when I was eight, and um, added two more sisters. So there are four girls total. Wow, four girls. I'm the only boy and three girls. And one of them one is a stepsister, so I'm not always with two of them with a lot. And so I couldn't imagine any more. So yeah, um, so you're the middle child. I totally understand that. Middle oldest, I guess. Because middle you got youngest. Middle youngest. Um, yeah, middle youngest. Yeah, it's because you're st- you have another step sibling that's older than you? Um, by like five months to the day. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, so people would like be like, we don't get this because we, to- we don't look alike at all. At, at all. I don't know if, if you ever met Julie. Um, she's living out in Minnesota now, but no? yeah, nobody got it. She's, she's a lot smaller than I am. <laughs> so huh? people always thought that, you know, that I was older, but no, I'm not. So did you, did you both your parents remarry? Yes. And they're with their same... Parent, uh, significant others still no um, my mom is my my dad is gone actually oh but he um he married a woman her name was patty and um so I, when i say my stepmom but they they were only married for about 10 years but i still call her my stepmom she's in georgia somewhere because they never really divorced because oh no had, they totally they totally divorced did. oh yeah okay. and they, he never remarried after that but he would have you know long-term girlfriends so they might as well have been my stepmom but they they weren't he never made it official but also when you, you just develop a bond with somebody, especially a parent like that, it's hard not to, to shut that. It's hard to shut that off. Totally. I was fortunate. My parents, they, well, they got divorced about the same age. They both remarried. They're a bit with the people they remarried. And so I have really cool step parents. I've known my parents married to them longer than they were married to each other, but I got lucky. Um, and the, my little sister was probably the only thing that came out of as far as siblings so I have a younger half sister and uh, I'm 11 years older than her. Oh, so wow. I'm like, yeah, I'm like another parent to her. Right. Like everything she <laughs> does today is stuff I screwed up, you know, as a teenager raising her, you know, my parents. So, so are they in Laramie? Are they local or are they? They, they, I originally from Portland, Oregon. Right. And uh, my dad still lives out there with my stepmom in Sandy, Oregon. It's like, right on the foot of Mount Hood. It's probably the biggest city before you hit Mount Hood. And then my mom and stepdad were here in Laramie for a long time. And then now they've been in Las Vegas, retired for the last 10 years. So, oh, wow. yeah. 
It, I know it's crazy that they live there, but it's nice to go to Vegas and see like not a party side. And one of my best friends, you know, Ray lives there as well. So um, they're not that far from him. So they see each other. My parents get along with Ray really well. But yeah, it's uh, interesting to get that blended. I understand the blended family and moving. So what age did you move to Laramie, Wyoming? I was 15. Holy cow. I was 13. <laughs> so how big was the town you came from? Um, the creek was only like 50,000 people. But, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all built up and developed there. So it, it just runs town after town after town after town. Okay. And where is that in relation to, like, it's close to Sacramento, is that correct? No, no, no. It's across no. the bay from Oakland. There you go. Yes. And I'm sorry. It's on the same side. I'm sorry. That's not right. It's on the same side as Oakland, which is across the bay from San Francisco. So it's East Bay. Well, I dated a girl that was from Walnut Creek in college. Did you really? And, oh, she is the worst girlfriend I've ever had in my life. <laughs> um, like what? Like uh, just lied to lie. Like everything you like, how you develop all those like weird bad traits from past relationships. She's that one that just gave him all to me. But her dad was a big wig in Round Table Pizza. He, no uh, way. Yeah. Oh man. I I know. I grew that's up on that too. Like- so. That's like the, one of the last honest pizzas. That was its tagline. Oh, really? Yeah, one of the last honest pizzas. Now, I knew you would know the name once I said it. Cause For sure. Us West Coast folk were like round table. <laughs> yeah, I know that pizza very well. And so 15, your mom packs you up, moves you here. Right. And uh, culture shock? Yeah, sort of. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Laramie, I mean, obviously it's, it's very different than the Bay Area, but yeah. it's nice. It was, it was nice. It was nice to see something different. What time of year did you move to Laramie, Wyoming? Uh, we moved, our, our, we landed in Laramie on July 24th, oh, wow. 1993. I was rocking college by then, but uh, <laughs> I go, wow, 93. Um, so you move here. Um, what did you, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, you know, it was, it was really flat, right? Like huh? <laughs> it's really flat and town had like super clear edges, which was really bizarre to me. Um, it was totally quiet and you know, we didn't, we didn't know anyone. So that was kind of funky. Why did your mom move here? Um, or want to move you here? Yeah. So my stepdad was from Denver originally okay. and he, you know, he had family down there and um, they, he had lost his job and then my mom's job was floundering or it was the other way around. I can't remember now. And like the bottom had fallen out of the Silicon Valley in 1993 and people kind of forget about that a lot. There was a big recession in California and they had, you know, the, these four girls and they kind of wanted to put them through college and like, wasn't going to happen. And so let's see. So they came out came out for something and they wound up at like freedom has a birthday the year before in 92. Huh. They, like they came up to check out the university of Wyoming, like just kind of like as a joke, like maybe our kids would want to go here and they just, they fell in love with the town. And I remember my mom calling and being like, like in May of 93 being like, Hey, we found a house. What do you think? Should we buy it? And I was like, yeah, you know, why not? And so, so we just kind of wound up moving. It was like our little, little Western adventure. Wow. And they just like picked up jobs here. Or did they have a tie in the University of Wyoming, or um, just no. like we love Laramie. No, not at all. They did like what a lot of people, what a lot of people do, where they kind of get really romanticized by like that. Not romanticized, but they get like a really romantic notion of what it's going to be like mm-hmm. to live in the West and the prairie, and and they see it in the summer, right? Which is totally a different. <laughs> totally town. fools you. Fools yeah, totally you. fools you. And, um, and they thought with their backgrounds and their professional backgrounds coming out of California, it'd be really easy to land a job because like who wouldn't hire them, right? Yeah. Like it's, you're coming from a, a place where, you know, jobs, I mean, like I said, the economy was terrible, but like, you know, the jobs were like kind of abundant and you come to like a much smaller place where getting a good job, a good paying job with benefits and all that's actually kind of hard to do. So they, they came out and then they did struggle a little bit to, to find work. Um, Ed had worked for a place, Ed's my stepdad, had worked okay. for a place out of San Jose called Drake Beam Morin, which did outplacement for everybody who got laid off. And they actually had a contract in Green River 
So he was working in Green River for a while. My mom worked for the school district and payroll. Um, and then she went to UW. She worked in the news service for a while. And then Ed wound up being an instructor at Wyotech. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's you know, management that's, program. So yeah. totally different, like totally different than what they expected. Definitely. Definitely. I, my parents came when my stepdad got a job here prior about a year before we moved here. And then it, yeah, steamrolled for there. My mom got a job there, went to school there. I worked there, been working there the last 17 years. <laughs> yeah. Used to hate the play. Like wasn't a big fan being pulled out of Oregon to go to the university. Wyoming. Like, like what right. is the town but yeah i maybe i took a little harsher than than you did because it was totally foreign and odd and i was 13 so you're going through all that 215 is not much better but no. yeah and so i don't know if i rebelled but i think i did everything i could not to be here um, right Right. So, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I definitely had my like, I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home for a long time, actually. I just kind of never did. I mean, I, did, I moved back when I was like 19 and I came back and well, a few months later, I was like, yeah, this really isn't what I remember it being, which is kind of normal, I think. But, but I mean, I, I lucked out. I really did. I, I mean, one of the very first people I met was Aaron Boysen, you know, oh, okay. <laughs> shout out to Aaron, nice. right? Aaron knew everybody. And, nice. um, you know, she took me and introduced me to everybody. And so that first year was just so much fun because it was all very, very new yeah oh yeah sure and like well i noticed with laramie i mean it was from coming from the west coast i was like they the differences in certain fashions certain music i was like <laughs> like wow that you guys didn't have that yet or right wow dudes wear jean shorts so i was just like okay this is weird. All right. I, you know, there's just weird nuances and compared to what I was growing up in Oregon with. And so I was just like, everything in Oregon's better. Right. And, but and my dad still lived out there, but I wasn't, that wasn't in my cards to go live with him. We probably weren't on the same page and my mom wasn't going to have it. Right. So uh, I remember she said one time I had an issue with an English teacher and I came home one day and I was like, oh, that's it. I'm moving back to Oregon. And <laughs> she moved me out of that English class and I didn't ever say that again. So it was the teacher. Like right. the teacher's like, if I can't read it, you're getting an F, which my handwriting sucked and it still does. But there was no way to judge my English all on that. So there were issues, but moved on, you know, and I, yeah, having issues in school makes you want to leave this place too. And so, uh, yeah, I wasn't the best student and it's because of that kind of move and everything you lash out and all that. But I didn't get in. Uh, I kind of hung out with the wrong people in the beginning, mm -hmm. uh, sneaking out at night and stuff like that when I probably shouldn't have. And then in high school, eventually, I think I cleared my act all up because I was like, I can't afford to screw up because I want to get out of this town. Right. And so, um, so 15, you're a freshman high school. Freshman, no, junior. No, sophomore. Junior. Yeah, I started my junior year. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow. Okay. Yeah. So you're right in the middle of it all. Um, you meet Aaron Boysen, yep. which is good. Did you participate in any other activities? Sports? No, 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 no. Not at all. Like we didn't do sports at all in California. So that was like super foreign. Because like everybody, it's one of the first questions people would ask you is like, which sports do you play? Yeah. Right? And it's like, I, I don't know, I, I like started, I made up a whole big story at, at one point. I just got so tired of being asked about it, about like being this soccer star and uh, like I, I screwed my knee up or whatever. So, you know, I just couldn't plausible. play anymore. It was like too painful to talk about, um, which is total bullshit. Like I just like, never, ever, ever did that ever. So, um, no, we didn't do any of that. So that, that was also very, very foreign and that, you know, most of the kids that we knew growing up, their parents weren't home after school, but like in Laramie, everybody's parents were home after school. <laughs> and then there was like the whole open campus lunch thing. Yes. And you could leave and go home over the lunch hour. You could not do that in California. Um, yeah. so it was just, uh, just like, yeah, those little, those little things um, that took a little bit to get used to for sure. Had detention all the time, had like Saturday school, in school suspension, mostly for cutting classes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was no stranger to that at all um but it was kind of the opposite so we moved here and 
it was like all of a sudden we didn't have any rules anymore. Like my parents were super stressed out when we lived in California. Like they were very, very strict. Um, and then we, we moved to Wyoming. It was like, what kind of trouble could these kids get into? And we almost had like no curfew right away. Actually, being friends with Aaron is part of the reason why I didn't have a curfew anymore because Aaron didn't have to go home until like midnight. And my mom wanted me home by 10. I was like, oh, please. You know, I just made a new friend and she can stay out till midnight. And so that's how I got to stay out till midnight. It's because of Aaron. Nice. I didn't have a curfew because my mom was like, you're a good kid. You'll never do anything. And my senior, <laughs> yeah, I did. And my senior year, uh, I had a girlfriend and eventually my mom went one o'clock, <laughs> which was like really late for high school kids. But, and my siblings, older and younger, they're both female girls. They're like, that's total bullshit. You got a right. one o'clock curfew when you were a senior. And I was like, well, I wasn't out drinking like you two. And my mom knew you guys were, I wasn't, I was like, I was with a girlfriend. They're like, nah, you're like such a double standard. And I was like, you know, it is. But also I was the one shoveling the snow, uh, doing all the yard work, all that stuff, manual labor. They weren't. So I got a little extra on the curfew. And so, and then my mom was like, I just worry about my girls getting raped. So yeah, I don't have to worry about you. It's like, thanks mom. I guess you worry about me, but. Uh, so you had a later curfew, uh, hanging out there and any other activities where you getting good grades? Yeah. I always had grades. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find high school like easy academically? Yes. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's good. I never did. I just did the bare minimum, I think to play sports. That was my gig. I never realized how important the education was until, you know, college. And so you're, I'll just fast forward to high school. You graduate high school in 95. Yep. Yes. Um, university, did you go to university? Was it university of Wyoming, one of your places, any other, were you going back to California? What was um, your plan after high school? Yeah. I had like all these big, big plans of what I was going to like wind up doing. Like what I really wanted to do was go to art school. Um, but like no money to do that and like no scholarships to do that either. So I went to, I went to UW begrudgingly. Um, and then I went to UW again, I went to UW again. So I, I have, um, an art degree. I have like a criminal justice degree and I have a master's in public administration. It's like, I never really knew what I wanted to do. So I just kind of kept going. Oh yeah. That was there and you know, why not? Right. Um, but yeah, UW. So did you find... Did you live at home when you went to UW or did you? No, in, no. I could not wait to move out. <laughs> I could not wait to get out of my parents' house. Um, Bags packed. Done. Not, yeah. Lunch you Threw it in the back of a Plymouth. <laughs> like moved into the dorms. <laughs> I lived in McIntyre nice. Hall. Mac? Yeah. You lived in Mac. What floor? Uh, I lived in uh, room 312, I think. It was either 312 or 321. Nice. McIntyre Hall. I was a glutton. I did two years. Um, Oh, second year things kind of fell through with a place to live so i was like oh fine dorms but i lived by myself which rocked and my room was right close to the doors like the stairway yeah so and it led right out to this like street basically and so we just crack it open so i never went past the desk i never met any people in the dorms i i was like it was a place to sleep because i knew everybody in laramie I, I was going right. to party. So we kind every once in a while I hang out there. Met my roommate from my freshman year. He was a kid from Laramie because I originally had a roommate from Germany because I was like, whoever, you know, it's nice to meet someone new. And he was on the same floor as me. And he was from Laramie. And I was like, I kind of knew him in high school, but not much like of him. But we bonded over playing video games. I was playing Sega all the time. And then eventually his roommate moved out. I moved in. But that was really the only person I truly remember meeting in the dorms. So did you have that dorm experience or were you like me as well? No, I moved in with a gal um, who I graduated with from Laramie High. And I was in the dorms for like two weeks, maybe. Like I just, I didn't like it at all. My sister was the president of Pi Fi mm. and they had open, open rush or whatever. And so I wound up joining Pi Fi and I moved into the sorority house. Oh, wow. I know. Yeah. It's like something I never thought I would do. <clears throat> never, never. I didn't, I didn't know that. I don't, can't remember that about you. I guess I didn't know that. <laughs> a lot uh, of people don't remember that. Yeah. About me. 
actually. And and now they're like, what? Yeah, I'm a Pi Pi. I'm a Pi Pi. That's true. They are closed down here on campus. They are. They are. No more Wyoming Alpha. It's kind of sad. I think and that's it, like the first sorority house west of Mississippi, too. Oh, really? Wow. I think so. I think so. The original house. I think so. My si- older sister was Pi Pi here. Wait. Hey. She might have been Pi Pi in Oregon. It's Oregon and here, too, but a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was interesting because I walked by it all the time to go to the IT building for my office on campus and Pike uh, Pike is torn down. Oh, no way. Yeah. The Pike house is torn. It's not gone from campus fraternity still there. It's across the street. I want to say it's an old ATO house, which is weird. Yeah. Which is just weird. (laughs) So weird. Cause I was Pike and so I'm just, when I look, when I walk down the IT building and look across the street and I see the pike letters on the ATO house, I'm like, she doesn't feel right. No. Seems no, no. odd. But I haven't visited with any pikes or anything like that in the Greek system or anybody in a long time. So uh, it was fun while it lasted, but it wasn't my thing eventually. Right. Yeah. I did. So was it your thing? You've lived in the house. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not really. But I, you know, I just kind of had a, I had a terrible attitude about it. I had a terrible attitude about a lot of things. And so I'm not sad that I, I'm not sad that I like did it. You know, I, I don't know that I would do it again. Um, it was definitely an experience, but I, I don't think it's necessarily for me. Was it, e- was it easier or harder, you think, having your sister as the president? Um, probably harder. Yeah. I'm sure. We're very different people. You know, we kind of have that, that rivalry going on and um i really thought that like we would be closer if i like joined the sorority and she told me like do not don't do it like that is the wrong reason for doing this do not join my house and i was like you know i'll show you type of thing which i think actually kind of sums up our entire relationship and um yeah she was she was totally right i mean it really it really wasn't for me and and then she left and went to minneapolis the year after that Um, it's interesting with the older siblings well it's about me my I was my older sibling, oldest sister, she cast a huge shadow mm-hmm. in my life. And I had a lot of similar teachers, a lot of things, and they'd be like, Oh, you're Rochelle's little brother. And I was tired of hearing that mm-hmm. phrase. And technically she was the first rude. <laughs> and yeah, it was from a football coach we had. I she had him as a track coach, I'm as a football coach. But yeah, he deemed her rude. And then I came up through football and he was like, you're rude's little brother. You'll be rude. That was in Oregon. And then it kind of grew in Laramie, like yeah. sophomore junior. I didn't tell anybody to call me rude. Right. Just easy to do with my last name. You almost name. sounded like D-Tie there. So I was like, whoa, was that, you kind of sounded like D-Tie when you said that. Oh, you're going to be rude. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was Ruggles. I think it was Mark Ruggles. Who oh, really? <laughs> was eventually like, I can't spit out Flasco Root anymore. You're rude. Nice. Like, and he's like, I can't. Like, we were playing like soccer. I just remember the time because we were playing soccer. And he's like, Flasco, fucking, you're just rude. <laughs> and I was like, that works. And I never said, hey, everybody else in Oregon called me that. Right. I just let it kind of work its way. It would eventually figure it as much. And so, yeah, it's... uh I had the, and my older sister's like, yeah, don't you forget I was first one. And I go, yeah, but I made it famous. There you go. And so, you and I, yeah, my rival, like I graduated high school. She got married. I graduate college. She has her first kid. It was right. like, how am I going to just have me time? Like, <laughs> and so I want, yeah, you probably went through a lot of that same, I'll show you stuff. Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, and, you got to make your own way. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta develop your own personality, and so, yeah, I think I think when you have a sibling who's that influential, there's just gonna be a certain amount of that struggle. Yeah, and was this the next oldest sister? No, no, this is the oldest oldest. The oldest one. Okay. This is yeah. one who's in Vegas now. She's what? So she's in Vegas now, um, and she's teaching in the same school district as Ray. Oh wow, that's cool. She'll probably crazy? listen. Yeah, <laughs> that's a crazy. Yeah, I got there. I should have been out there this weekend for um, the NFL draft. Yeah. Um, they were going to have it. I was planning out. My mom lives there and raised it. We were all excited. And then we all had to watch it from home. It was sad. 
But at least it was some sort of sports, though. That's cool. Right. And so you're getting your art degree at the University of Wyoming. Do you graduate four years? Or do you go four and a half? Four and a half, man. Super brainiac. Then, then did I, I'm six years, but like my last year was like two part-time semesters because my parents were like, we'll pay for five and then you got to pay for your own. And then right. the reality that I wasn't happening in five years was like, oh, I screwed around too much. And so, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. So right. being school and you kind of just kept going. Like I had right. no idea. I was like, what? So you got your bachelor's in an art degree and it's bachelor's in art. Is that what it's called? Yep. Did you instantly go get another degree or did you like, let's go try it? Yeah, I just, I just kept going. I, I just, I, again, it's like, I have no idea what I want to do. I have no idea what I want to be when I grow up. I, I think there's just like kind of this false narrative that magically, mystically in college, you're just going to know and you're going to know exactly what you're going to do. And like everything you do is going to build toward what you're going to do. And I like, I don't know that, I don't know that I know too many people who actually do unless they went into medicine or law, what their degree is actually in. Yeah, I went from undeclared thinking I was going to be in marketing because I was in DECA. I was the president of DECA. I thought I was going to do that. Then teaching was kind of the next one because a lot of my family members are teachers. My dad talked me out of that because he's a teacher. Weirdly enough, he's like, ah, you don't want to do that. They don't get paid by all this stuff. And then I carried equipment for my stepdad in high school for football games and and rolled video Mm -hmm. for coaches shows. And so he was like, why don't you intern for me? I was like, sure. And so I interned for UWTV, which was kind of unheard of as a freshman doing it. But since he was my stepdad, he's like, you'll just carry equipment, just learn. And by the next semester, I declared broadcasting major. So I went through a little uncertainty and then I've broadcasting degree now and don't work in it. I work in IT. So, but I have a degree. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it got me that way. And a lot of the stuff is technology, but I never thought I'd be fixing classrooms like I do. I thought I'd be making video the rest of my life. Right. But I wasn't giving up on it. Once I took six years, I was like, oh, I'm going to stick it out see what I can do. And I'm never going back to school. I sucked at it. <laughs> and, and you sound like you were good at it. So what was it? Art and then criminal justice? Yeah. Criminal justice. No idea what I wanted to do with that because I didn't want to be a lawyer. Um, Why'd you choose criminal justice? Because I only had like a year left to go to get a bachelor's in that. Hmm. So I was like, oh, I'll just go ahead and do that. Um, and then let's see. Oops, sorry, my phone just went off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. I mean, it was like, there's like no passion behind it. It's just like, I really don't know what I'm going to do. And, and gosh, you know, if I just take a couple more semesters, I'll have this other degree and maybe I'll figure it out by then. Totally didn't. Totally didn't. Totally didn't. So you have an art degree, criminal justice, and uh, what's your last one? You have a master's. Yeah, yeah, in public administration. Public administration. So you're like, okay, that's just another two years? Why not? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, I did stop. I mean, I, I, let's see. I graduated. I started a counseling program there. Actually, I thought I was going to be a counselor at one point. And then uh, I was like working on this art show. I had my friend Jordan out in Omaha and like 9-11 happened. And I had like this big, like, okay, life's way too short to be unhappy. Like I knew I didn't like the counseling thing. So I dropped out and I was like working at Grand Avenue Pizza. Oh, okay. And that's what I was doing. Cause all I wanted to do was this art show with Jordan, which was, I mean, it was a great experience, but um, that's all I wanted to do. So I was slinging pizza and doing art on the side and that's what I did. And getting your master's. No, I dropped out of the master's program. You dropped out of your master's. Another couple of years. Um, okay. So yeah, yeah you, you're just focused on the art at the time because you were inspired right. to do that instead of go to school, which happens to the best of us, I guess. And uh, so I was the art show. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, it really, it was awesome. Was it, was it in Laramie? Fun. No, it was Omaha. Omaha. How big was it? Like many different artists, just you? Um, it was their capstone project. So I, I went in on it with her for her senior capstone project. So it was like her whole graduating class in like this um, museum that they had on campus for um, let's see, UNO. So I think there's like at least seven or eight other people and it wasn't that big at all. But like you had to go through ours to get to everybody else's, which was totally cool. 
and like we did it was all on postcards so we did all these postcards like over 300 postcards each and they mailed them back and forth and like had this continuing story going and then we had to string all those up and then people are like sitting there like reading this story and um, I don't know it made sense at the time um, but it was cool it was really it was really cool so you're living a college lifestyle still slinging pizza working at art show right. <laughs> holding two degrees that you're not doing anything with well maybe the art I guess sort that, of sort of Sort of. Um, when did you find inspiration to go back to school? I um, I was in a job. I was it was after slinging pizza. It was two after slinging pizza, and I had this horrible, horrible day. And I realized if I had just stayed in counseling, like I would have been graduating like that day, and I wouldn't be in the situation I was in. And so I was like, you know, I really, I really have to go back to school and and get a higher degree so I don't have to be in jobs like this. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's like always like that idea, like the next thing is going to be like, it's going to like alleviate all these problems. Right. And they don't they just change your problems. So, <laughs> so anyway, so I, I did, I went back at that time and I, yeah. So I worked full time and I, I did my master's at night and on weekends and stuff like that. And when, 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 what year was this? I don't even know. I think, I think I got it. I think I finished it in 2007. So that was probably 2005. So you finished your degree in 2007 mm-hmm. and so you have a master's yep. back to, okay, what now? Right. Still in Laramie? Are you like, still in Laramie? I was working at the hospital. I worked at Ivinson. Okay. And um, I thought I was going to, this is what I thought I was going to do. I like finally had like this burst of inspiration. I was like, what I'm going to do since it's like public administration, I thought I would come down to Denver and like work for the EOC, like investigating like discrimination claims and stuff like that. I thought that'd be really awesome and like a really cool like blend of everything that I've been doing. And then I met a boy. Uh, I know, dun 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 dun. And I, I didn't follow that at all. I stayed at the hospital. Um, and then like he went to school and went to school and went to school again and then we wound up moving down here. Uh, yeah. And still with that boy? No. No. But still in Colorado. <laughs> still in Colorado. But no, huh? that didn't quite work out the way I thought it would. So how long have you been down in Colorado? Um, let's see. I moved down here in August of 2016, so almost four years. I think I bought the house four years ago. Yeah, which is kind of a trip. It doesn't feel like that at all. It does not feel like that at all. Oh, yeah. Like... The house that I'm in now, or T and I are in now, um, I moved. Yeah, moved in ten years ago almost. This is the longest place I've ever lived, and then we bought it 2015. But it doesn't feel like we bought it in 15. It's like, wow, that's short. Maybe that long ago. I don't know. But every time I get stuff that says my mortgage goes down, I feel really good. For sure. About, about that. And so, oh, you have this much equity in your house. I'm like, yeah, I know. I keep on putting putting a lot of money into it. <laughs> and that's up in, are you guys up in Indian Hill still? Yeah, we're staying place. But yeah. You guys have the Zonta over here. Yeah. 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 Because you're, when you were in high school, weren't you up in Indian Hills too? Yeah, about three blocks over Comanche. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There are a few yeah. parties at that house. Yeah. I seem to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. I like my mom used to. Speaking of that house, she used to get so mad at us because she knew that we hung out with you guys, and you're five years younger than us. And she was like, "You and those high school girls." And I was like, "That's Ray. Ray's doing." <laughs> it's all Ray. It is. Oh, that's funny. Drop him under the bus first. Yeah. Totally. Because, yeah, it was. After, like, a few years, I was like, Ray, dude, we got to stop. There's, like, there's college girls out there. The girls we talked to in high school are now in college. So <laughs> let's stop this. And I remember, like, it was a party out at Ray's house at the ranch. And I think Natalie said it, and I nearly died laughing. And in Laramie, folks, if you don't know, it's small enough town during New Year's Eve parties. Basically, it's one big high school get-together, whatever, however young you are to how old you are. I mean, everybody shows up the same place. Um, probably 10 years, I would say. 
And <laughs> either way. There's so, and, there's so much truth to that. Yeah. And Natalie goes, I can't believe how many high school girls are here. And I was like, <laughs> amongst my laughing, I was like, you were the high school girl here the last three, four years. I don't know why it's an issue now. You're just suddenly figuring this out. It made me laugh. I was dying. But so now you're what? Longmont, right? Last four years? No, no. Um, Loveland. Loveland. Nice. Okay. Even better. More north. Right. And uh, so how's that been treating you? Is it a good love move? Love it? I love it. Yeah, it's a good little Loveland. Do you, are you one of the Coloradans that just embraced living on the front range and in the mountains all the time, hiking, biking, all that? No, no, sir. No? You know, wherever you go, there you are. I wasn't that way in Laramie. I'm not that way in Colorado <laughs> either. No way. No, no way. No, no day. No dice. Got you. I tried. I, I, I tried all that kind of stuff. I, I did a lot of that when I was like in Laramie, like trying like snowboarding and snowshoeing and skiing and skate skiing and hiking. And I do like rock climbing. I just very rarely go, but it's just, it's not the outdoorsy thing is like totally not me. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I, do you like to camp at all or anything like that? Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> I, no, I'm not, no, uh-uh. It's, uh, okay. it's so weird. I, I love camping and all that. But I used to be, oh, I could go camp for a couple of days. Now I'm like t- two tops. And then I'm like, all right, shower time, all that good stuff. For sure. But yeah, used to be, I was a boy scout and all that. And so I don't mind being out there knowing that I can clean myself up. Sure. And so, but yeah, I, I told myself when I moved back to Laramie the, the second time that I would uh, do all the outdoorsy stuff. And I was pretty good at it for a while, but now and folks, you probably heard enough podcasts about Laramie. The winters are brutal. And now, <laughs> and now I just do a thing called stay warm. That's what I, it's like, they're like, do you participate in winter activities? I'm like, yep, it's called staying warm. It's like, how right. hot can I get that fire in my house? Cause that's <laughs> what's going on. I'm going to show snow shovel a lot. And I, I guess I have a snowblower now, so it's fantastic. But yeah, I don't go out and play in the snow all that much anymore. And it does, if it snowed, like you see in movies or straight down, you know, that right. kind of stuff, that'd be all right. That'd be all right. But it snows sideways here. So it does. It does. I'm not into it. And, and it's not fluffy. Like if the wind blows hard oh. enough, it hurts. It like just pelts your face. I remember like going across Prexies and crying because yeah. it would be like blowing so hard and there's so much snow and you can't see where you're going and it hurts. It hurts when it attacks your face like that. And it's like, I hate this. It's like I, I probably, there are a few skip, more than a few, a lot of skip classes under my belt because of the weather in Laramie. Where I was like, I'm six blocks from campus. I can't find a parking spot. It's negative 20 and it's sideway ice in my face. Yep. So maybe I won't go to class right now. Yep. Yeah, that's, that was sad. And that, they always had class too. Like they like almost never closed the university. I think they closed it once the entire time I lived there. Yeah. Never. I now in 17 years, it's more than it's been closed a couple more than I've been when I was a student there. Yeah. Definitely, I think once, and I'm sure you were going, you did when I was going, when they closed it. But since I've been working there in the 17 years, they closed it more than once, probably five, six times. And seems like a ton to me. Like, right. But a lot of it also will fall around with there's not students and it's really shitty out. They'll be like, oh, wait, wait. Yeah, we'll close it because it's, and once everybody starts getting going at the campus, like it's really hard to stop that machine. And so right. if you take the students out of it, then it's a whole lot easier. But that's why they don't ever shut it down. Because, like, there's so many people to stop. And I'm like, but it's negative 20. They'll understand. Right. Well, and what's happening now? I mean, like, so from the IT angle, like, everybody finishing up from home? Yeah. Um, everything, all classes are online now. And I think through the summer. Wow. And, yeah, I became essential. Um, I, Congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. I love you have a shirt that says that. I became essential. I became essential. Um, I have access, IT access to every building, but like UWPD and the president's office. Um, mm. But right now we're running a four-man crew or CTS crew, which is classroom technology support. Um, of there's teachers at two in, 
do teaching from some of the classrooms in the classroom building and maybe four a day. And so four of us rotate throughout the week, open up the doors. They, they scan in every building on campus is locked unless you're, you have a scan card that lets you in. And then they scan in, they go to the room we unlocked. We make sure the technology works ahead of time, wipe it down. They teach, we come back in when they're gone, wipe it down, lock it up. And so I do that one day a week and the rest of the time I'm at home, but I know a lot about Zoom. And so I'm generally answering Zoom questions, emails, phone calls, most all day long, doing emails. And we have some training to do and such, but it was interesting. I was like, I became essential and I do custodian work, technology work and security work. And I was like, and yeah, and it was kind of hard to get the work from home order, not order request mm-hmm. from my boss. And I'm a diabetic. So I was like, my immune system's compromised. I'd write out like a whole request. It seemed weird, but now I have to send out reports. I don't even know if my other coworkers work at home yet. Cause I was like, they're trying to just avoid sending reports. <laughs> and eventually we're going to run out of work. I get it. There's so much online training you can do, but, and, and then I don't know how the summer is going to happen as far as instructors teaching on campus. Again, those aren't my decisions, but I assume nothing will be done without a mask for a long time. And so is it that way down in Colorado? When do you guys get out of lockout? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. Like we have the what safer at home order now today, mm-hmm. today, which really, I mean, it really doesn't mean much anything at all. And then um, all of us at the hospital I'm at right now, we're all essential. So we don't have anybody working from home um, oh, yeah. at all. So we've all been going in. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of nuts. It's kind of nuts. It is, every once in a while, like I was sitting in like a drive through the other day and I'm like, wow, there's no one out. Oh yeah, fucking coronavirus. Like I catch myself <laughs> every once in a while. Like I actually get distracted by like the simple things of, wow, there's no one on the streets. Oh yeah. Duh. Or like, yeah, it's weird. It's not, or I'll be watching movies all day long and not realize the world's still trying to strive and survive and I'm at home doing okay. (laughs) Right. And it's interesting. I feel for the people that have been furloughed, laid off all that, that don't know when their next checks coming in, because, well, you said you're essential, so you're working, you're going into work. Ditto. T is too. I mean, people have been not dying from coronavirus in Laramie, but still die. And so right. she's been taking it. They're, they've totally, they have to do all the like the ceremony parts later on, like to be determined, unless they do graveside service with 10 or less people, but nothing uh-huh. inside or anything like that, which is hard to do in Laramie right now. The weather is so, right. Could be 50, could be 20. Absolutely. So, but so we're st- we stay busy and we still get checks. But I feel for all those other people that don't, and they're like, okay, I got to get back to work. But going back to work could be deadly. Sure. <laughs> if you're not done right, you know, and it's frightening, I think, to go to the store. It's frightening. You're in a hospital. You're probably in the most frightening place. I, I can imagine. What is that like? I, no, I don't think so. I, I think that we're probably the safest place you could be. Oh, okay tell you the truth i mean our um our compliance officers were amazing on this and like way way ahead of the curve on it and so i mean we all have our masks and we're all cleaning everything all the time and you do your best to to protect yourself like we get screened in with temperatures and all these questions and screened out and everything else so no i've never felt like being in the hospital i've never had panic about actually being in the hospital at all it's more so you know, going out and just watch people and you know, they aren't washing their hands. Like they weren't washing them before. It's so yeah. like fondling, fondling everything. And you're like, stop touching that. Yeah. You know what I mean, or whatever. I mean, I, I think that that's a little bit more frightening. And I think, um, I don't know. I, I don't really feel like I'm that afraid of it though. Like if I get sick, I get sick. I mean, that's the way it goes. Well, I guess I didn't know the part. I'm glad I heard the part. They said they scan you in and check temperatures and do all that stuff. So that's good. I didn't know that part of it. I, yeah, that's good that people get to know that part being that you work at a hospital. Yeah, it is the other places. And I just, here in Laramie, there's, there's just this, it's almost a defiance thing. Mm-hmm. 
of I'm not going to wear a mask. I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to social distance because <laughs> I'm not going to. Because you're Wyoming and you have that libertarian streak through that entire state. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, like, don't tell us what to do thing. Don't tread on me. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Even if it's to our own detriment. It, and I actually love that about Wyoming. Like I get where you're going with this. I can see the frustration coming out right now, but at the same time, I'm like, ah, Wyoming, you're just, it's so in my heart. That whole like yeah. libertarian thing is like still in there. Like I get like, like it's not going to get me. And I'm like, or, or like, well, if I get sick, I get sick. And I'm like, well, you could take down some other people too. Sure. And so I was like, and I'm, like I said, I was diabetic. So my immune system's compromised. Not as much because my blood sugars are controlled. It's for people that blood sugars are out of control and stuff. They're more susceptible. But I'm not going to take that risk. And I don't want anybody else to get sick off me. So I'm like, I'm going to do everything I can. Wash my hands a million times. Whatever I got to do, wear the mask. And I, since I work in the classroom building, I'm always wiping down stuff. I always have like <laughs> disinfectant nearby, some sort of wipes or spray or whatever, not to inject or anything like that. Not going to do that. <laughs> but it's uh, you're gonna have to wash your Tide Pod down with some bleach. Is that what you're saying? Some bleach, yeah. So, like, I don't even want to go off on that one. I just heard people in. I want to say Virginia been calling a hospital there and literally be going asking if it's okay to drink disinfectant <laughs> drink bleach. Yeah. Like, well, I saw it on TV. Is it okay? And they have to be like, no. And I know it's all over. Like, like it's kind of becoming out outrageous joke, but some people take that guy serious and <laughs> sucks that we have to go no you don't drink bleach you don't drink this and you just shoot it up yeah right? shoot it up and stick a uv light up your butt no you don't do y'all i hate that we have to say that kind of stuff the world got dumber we're on our way towards you know, what is idiosyncrasy more than we are minority report we're not we have to order by pictures not by words we're not getting smarter it's weird but i digress um, so this is my last question. I ask everyone this one, probably ending the, the whole podcast. Oh, since it's called all my friends, how did we meet? Wow. That's a great question. I, we must've met on Comanche is what I think. I think we would have met at a party. I think it would have gone up with like Ashley and Aaron. Like, I don't have like a distinctive, like, this is when I met Ruth. Like I have times in my life where I remember you more than others. Like, I mean, we didn't even get into it like Wild Willies in the parlor. Oh, yeah. DJing, right? I mean, I remember, I remember you being around a lot then, but I knew you way before that. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, I don't think that we even really sat down and talked talk until like Wild Willies, which is Makes like, sense. like 10 years into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I definitely met you through, yeah, Aaron and Ashley and them for sure. Um, and then. It was always like, oh, invite Becky. Oh, invite <laughs> Becky. I mean, it was just like, we're party, invite Becky. Like, you cool enough to hang, you know, cool enough to work with and hire Becky. Stuff <laughs> 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 like that. Like, all that. So, I mean, I can't put a moment on. There's a lot of people I can be, I, Ray always like, you have the best memory. You can put it down to like, if I give you, you know, tidbits, you can remember stuff. And I'm like, yeah. And I really, I was like, yeah, I know I met you through those girls, but I don't remember like the moment. I'm sure like it was probably saying, uh, we get your hands out of her hair. <laughs> and so, I mean, which that's a very inside joke. A lot of people will get that one, but it's probably very true. I'm sure Jeremy, which I'd love to get him. He's, not ready to be on the podcast yet but he's, he's not saying, no oh, he's he not. will be yeah he will be i just got there's some subjects i can't talk about yet with him on the podcast but um yeah he's not ready yet but yeah it's uh some people get that joke some people won't but it definitely i'm sure it was something to do with that and and then he would he would slaughter your latin or he'd say your last name very funny i can't remember how he would you'd say and so that's why I always had, I'd ask you how you said it for sure. Cause I know he said it weirdly. 
for a while. <laughs> I was like, he ruined it, and I can't remember how's the real pronunciation. And I'm not going to share it with you. I'm not. Okay, good. Not going to do it. Okay. <laughs> it actually, it came to me. I'm not going to share it. If you don't, I'm not going to. It came to me. I was like, you, when you said that, I was like, oh yes, never mind. I do remember it now. I'm not going to share it either. And so. But I'm going to thank you for being on the podcast, opening up yourself. Yeah, we didn't really get into uh, the Wild Willies bartending. We could, another podcast. Maybe right, I should just have one that's like all about the parlor or all we about, well, yeah, I could definitely bring Aaron in, bring Ray in. Exactly. Whoever I could bring in off that, those crews that have worked there. I'll figure it out. If we're going to be in lockdown for a while, might as well uh, <laughs> keep on doing this kind of stuff. But thank you for being on the podcast and uh, on to the next one. All right. Thanks for having me. I am still looking for an artist or artist to provide some transition music like you just heard between my intro and then the interview. And then again, before my close that we just heard, please get a hold of me. If you are that artist or know an artist that would be interested in giving me a few riffs, could be a DJ, could be a blaze player, could be a flute player. I don't care. Could be someone that could just do it a cappella. I'm in. My social media as such, DJ Rude Entertainment on Facebook, Jammin' DJ Rude on Twitter. You can PM me, DM me. You can hit me up on Snapchat. Snapchat is RudeZilla68. My Instagram is LRudeArena. You know, if you're not in the whole brevity thing. All right, I really didn't know that much about Mecky. We've been friends for a long time. We sat down and talked on many different subjects, but we never got it on a podcast, and that was fun to do. So now I know a lot more about her, and thank you, Becky, for giving me your time. Now, as this pandemic continues, I will keep bringing you the life stories of my friends and maybe a few special editions, you know, ones with more than one guest, Star Wars would be one of those, a parlor bar in Laramie, Wyoming themed one would be one of those, pro wrestling, I have a bunch of friends that are pro wrestling fans, Lovejoy's bar, people that attended Lovejoy's when I was a DJ there from 2004 to 2010, concert goers, we could have a couple of people that go to a bunch of concerts like I do and talk about their experiences, we're going to keep doing this podcast, keep tuning in, tell your friends, on to the next podcast.